You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Amen, church. What an honor to speak the Word of God over your life this morning. But before we start this morning, can we just take a moment to say that Jesus is the reason we live, the reason we breathe, the reason we have our being. He's the beginning, the middle, and the end, church. And Father, we just come before you this morning, Father, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence, Father. We thank you that we can be loved because of the price you paid on the cross, Father. We can see the demonstration of your love in what you have done for us, Father. You see, church, this morning I'm coming to you and I'm asking you the question, is he the one for you? At the end of the day, when all the music stops and the lights go out, is it about a love relationship with Jesus? Amen? I'm asking you this morning, do you love him above all? Because you don't realize how loved you are. I'm starting with a statistic. Dr. Carl Mianga from the clinic in Houston, Texas, did an experiment. The doctor instructed his staff to only give their patients a generous amount of love. For six months, he told them that no bad attitudes would be tolerated by the staff. The patients had to exclusively experience love. Amen? After six months, he noticed that the average time his patients were in the clinic were cut by half. The love they had been shown had made a difference. You see, afterwards he said, love cures people. It cures those that give it, and it cures those that receive it. Love cures people. The love of God will cure you from many things. Amen? We all want to receive love. Yes, give God a hand. We all want to receive love, and we all want to give love. And for different people, love means different things. For one person, it's butterflies in your tummy. For another person, it's I love chocolate cake. Amen? Who's who's had a piece of chocolate cake after the fast? Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, love didn't start with you and me. Love started with God. Love started in the heart of God for his people. When we look at the character of God in 1 John 4 verse 8 and 16, we see that God is love. It's not just what he does. It is not just what he says. It is who he is. Amen? And I want to speak into your heart this morning. The greatest expression of love is what our Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. He showed love to human flesh. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved... For God so loved. It's February. It's the month of love. Amen. And this month, may we fall more in love with Jesus than ever before. Amen. He loved the unlovable and he loved the untouchable. Jesus had mercy and compassion. This is the God we serve this morning. Can I hear an amen? Jesus knew how to give love and he knew how to to give love specifically to every person. He loved the worst of sinners and he loved the best of saints. I don't think you heard me, church. He loved the worst of sinners. He loves you at your worst and he loves you at your best. This is the God we serve this morning, church. Hallelujah. 
We have to start getting excited about the God we serve because our God is not like any God in this earth. Our God loves unconditionally. Our God came because of love. Our God walked on this earth because of love. Our God chose to die because of love. Love was the original source of who he was. He loved the leper and he loved the demon-possessed. This is the God you serve, church. He loves young people and he loves older people, amen, or more mature people. Hallelujah. He loves the religious and can I tell you, church, he loves the atheist. This is the God we serve, a God of love. Nobody loved the way Christ loved. Nobody could demonstrate the love he gave the way Christ demonstrates his love. He was and is the fullest demonstration of love. Our God is the fullest demonstration of love. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we serve a God that loves. You see, many times, church, we look at our lives and we think God is angry with us. We think God is out to get us. We think we're going to make a mistake and God can't wait to sort us out. Can I, can I see who's played in that movie before? Can we just be honest this morning? But I want to tell you, that's not the God we serve. The God we serve says, you know what? When you go through a hard time, guess what? I'm going to walk with you. When you sit at, on your mountain, guess what? I'm going to be standing with you. And when you walk through your valley, I'm going to be walking with you. The heart of the gospel is God's love for you. If anything else that takes you away from God's love, there is a problem. If you need to know beyond, beyond anything that God loves you, this is so simple to say sometimes, but it's so hard to grasp Growing up as a little girl, I remember saying, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. We even sang a song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Amen? But if you really knew the love of God, what would change in your life? If you really knew the love of God for you, what would change in your life? God is there to support you. God is there to love you. God is there to encourage you. God is there to walk with you. Amen? The Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us in our hurt. Amen. The Holy Spirit is there to lift us up when we need Him. He's there to be our guide, our friend. Do you have a friend in the Holy Spirit? I have a friend in the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit so very much, and I'm so grateful for who He is. Amen. Jesus loved all people, from the prostitute to the drug addict, to the abused and to the abuser. God's love for us is equal. Following the delivery on the Sermon of Mount, Jesus heals the centurion slave in Capernaum and he raises the widow's son in the village of Nain. Jesus then responds to questions from his disciples and then he goes to dine with a Pharisee. Hallelujah, this is in Luke. Luke picks up the story here. Can we read Luke 7, verse 36 to 38? It says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went with to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. 
And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with a fragrant oil. You see, church, many times we read the scripture and everybody has spoken about this lady who approaches Jesus from behind. Many times in our lives, we don't have the boldness to approach Jesus from the front. We're coming from behind because the enemy is reminding us of all the things we've done wrong. Hallelujah. The enemy is reminding you of everything you've done wrong, not just in the last week, in the last month, in the last seven months, and in the last seven years. Hallelujah. Amen. He comes to remind us of our past because he does not know what is held in our future. He's come to destroy your future right now because he doesn't know what's coming in the future. What if for one moment you stood up and you were that who God told you to be? What if for one moment you believe God loved you? On the surface, the story gives us a beautiful example of the compassion and the forgiving heart of Jesus. But if we look deeper, we're going to see so much more. Uh, you know, a lady in those days weren't allowed in the custom to put her hair down. So by her coming into the room with her hair down, she'd already defied certain customs within that time. Have you ever thought about how much water it would actually take to wash a person's feet? Amen. It says that she washed his feet with her tears. I said, Lord, how does this make sense? It was bothering me. I'm like, how can, how many tears do you have to cry to wash feet? Have you ever thought how much water is actually needed to wash feet? <laughs> Amen. So I took a moment and I said, Lord, help me to understand the scripture a little bit more. But to understand this, we have to look at the ancient Jewish custom that existed in the time of Jesus. Are you ready? Are you with me this morning? It was a custom in families to have what was called a lycrima jar. If I'm saying it wrong, please forgive me. It was called the jar of tears. Traditionally, these jars were used to keep the tears of the families from multiple generations. It was a jar. It looked a little bit like an like a anointing jar. And people used to cry their tears into this bottle. Can you imagine generations to fill a bottle? How many tears would have to be cried to fill a bottle? Amen? A reference to this is in Psalms 56 verse 8 where it says, You have taken account of my miseries. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? So with this background, think of what really took place that day. Can we think about it for one moment? This lady approaches Jesus from behind, her hair's down, and she doesn't even have the boldness to approach him from the front. She just knows that this man, this love that she's seen in this man, this person can change her future. I'm sure that the repentant woman was weeping and her tears were washing the feet of Jesus. But how much more powerful is it to consider the possibility that she was pouring out not only her tears, but also the tears and the hurt and the pain from previous generations in her family? Have you heard me this morning, church? She came with the tears of previous generations of her family. She knew that when those tears were poured out on the feet of Jesus, that that pain associated with those tears would be removed. Amen? Amen? Not only 
only did she bring the alabaster jar of oil, she brought all her pain and suffering, all her family's pain and suffering, generations past pain and suffering. And she said, God, my alabaster oil, which is, which is my most precious, belongs to you. But you know what, God, my most precious tears, the tears of my family, the tears, the pain that we've gone through for generations, it also belongs to you. I want to tell you, church, your tears and your pain belongs to God as well. And when you throw it at his feet, when you give it to Jesus, Jesus starts changing those, those, those memories, starts changing those things of the past, and starts making it beautiful. Amen? He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen? She knew that if she touched Jesus, Jesus would touch her. You see, many times, church, we don't do really well walking with the Lord because we are not comfortable living in the mysteries. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes in life, we have mysteries, things that we don't understand. Amen? I have a mystery. Do you have a mystery? Maybe, maybe 10 mysteries? Somebody got 100 mysteries? I think COVID is one big mystery. Amen? But we need to know that God is in our mysteries as much as he's in our today and he's in our tomorrow. And we need to learn to walk with God in our mysteries. If we cannot walk with God when we do not understand, how are we going to walk with God when we understand? Because it takes a man and woman of faith to walk with God in a mystery. Is it not truth? It takes a man and woman of God to walk with God in a mystery takes a man and woman of God, a brave woman, I have so much respect for this lady, to come and take her tears and lay them at Jesus' feet. But not just her tears, the tears of her whole family. Jesus demonstrated such a tender love towards her. However, those that were in, having supper with Jesus had a problem. Are we, am I correct? Can I carry on reading in Luke 7 verse 44? It says, now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he, he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Jesus says, whoever is forgiven much, loves much. 
Can I say that again? Whoever is forgiven much, loves much. We have much to be, much to be grateful for, amen? This woman was forgiven so much that she loved so much. Jesus had the unique ability to approach every person individually, separately, and completely. That's my second point. My first point was Jesus loves people. My second point was he could approach every person individually. Amen? This morning, he's going to approach you individually. Jesus knows your DNA. He knows where you come from. He knows where you're going. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your family. And best of all, he knows your future. Amen? To the woman caught in adultery, he said, Woman, where are your accusers? She replied, Sir, I have none. He replied, Neither do I condemn you. This morning, church, if you were caught in adultery or you've been living a life that you are not proud of, God says, I'm not accusing you. Just come to me. Amen? Just come to me. To the leper who had been ostracized from society, he said, Lord, if you are willing to make me clean, Jesus touches him and says, I'm willing to make you clean. Amen? Jesus told Peter to follow him, and he told the man who had been delivered in, in Gadara to go back home and tell their friends the good things that had happened. Do you see how God approaches every person differently? Jesus called people by name. When he approached Mary, he didn't say woman. Amen? He said Mary. This morning, whatever your name is, God is saying, Bernard, Pastor B, Papa B. <laughs> Amen. Jesus loves you. Amen. Jesus instructed his disciples directly over and over and over again. But as soon as he was in front of Pontius Pilate, he was silent. Do you see how individual our God is? Amen. Do you see how beautiful our God is to know how to approach every person individually? In Capernaum, when the people were wailing because the young girl had died, he told them to stop crying. Do you remember that in the Bible? Later on, when he's at Lazarus' tomb, what happens? Jesus wept because of their lack of faith. He knew what was going to happen, but he saw that they, that they lacked faith. Amen? You know, many times when I come to God, I just come to him and I say, Lord, I love you because of who you are, not because of what you can do. I, I'm going to love you and I'm going to worship you on the great days, on the sunny days, and on the stormy days. Amen? And that's the kind of love that we should give back to God. I'm not saying my love is perfect. Amen? I still need a lot of, I need a lot of growing. But when we realize God's love for us, it becomes so much easier. The love of Jesus was tailor-made for every individual. This morning, church, I want to tell you, February, the, the month of love, God's love is tailored for you. For every individual, tailored, God takes the time to know you. He takes the time to be with you. But many times we don't take the time to be with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Today, Jesus loves people through us, his people. And that's my third point today. It's a very straight message. You've probably heard it before. You've probably heard it in different colors. But it's always important to speak about the love of God. My first point, Jesus loves people. My second point, Jesus loves you individually. He knows you by your name. He counts the hairs on your head. And he picks up the tears that you cry. 
Amen. And my third point is now we have to demonstrate the love of Jesus to others. Jesus came, he taught, he lived, he loved, he died, he ascended to heaven, and then he left us with a commission. He says, love my sheep, feed my sheep. In 2018, a world survey was done asking people, do you feel loved? This was in 2018. Around the whole world, they did a survey. 4.4 billion people didn't feel loved and accepted. 4.4 billion people in 2018. That, that is 60% of the world felt unloved. How much do we have to demonstrate the love of God, church? We are called to be the body. We are called to be His hands reaching out to people. We are called to be His feet to go and bring the gospel. We are called to be His ears to listen to what His people are saying. And we are called to be His voice to bring hope. Have you brought hope this last week to somebody? 4.4 billion people in 2018 said they felt unloved. Can you imagine what COVID has done to people in 2020 and 2021? We need to go out and be the body of Christ and show people the love of Jesus. Amen? Jesus said to his disciples, as I have loved you, love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. Can I tell you the safest people to be around? The safest people to be around are the people that forgive easily. You want to choose safe people in your life? You want to choose people that you want to bring into your inner world? Choose people that forgive easily and that you can forgive easily. Amen? Choose people that forgive easily. I don't know why I've put this in the sermon. It wasn't part of my notes, amen? But I really want to encourage you. When people hurt you, when people discourage you, when people disappoint you, look to the cross. Look to that massive cross as you walk in and as you walk out. The cross of Jesus Christ, amen? You see, even if they don't deserve your forgiveness, you deserve peace. Can I say that again? Even if that person who has wronged you does not deserve forgiveness, what they've done is really bad. You deserve peace, amen? So for the sake of peace, forgive. For the sake of Jesus, forgive. For the sake of the anointing on your life, forgive. Guess what? The devil's after your anointing, church. I always say to the, the, the team up here, I say the anointing is like glitter. As soon as your heart gets heavy, as soon as you have bitterness, hatred, and resentment in your heart, your glitter disappears. Is it really worth it? Is that offense really worth it? Your glitter in the world, your anointing in the world, is it really worth it? Because your heart only has place for one person. If there's, if, there's, if there's baggage in your heart, how can the Holy Spirit rule? Amen? So even if somebody doesn't deserve it, forgive because you deserve peace. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, I deserve peace. So I will forgive. You see, Jesus said, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, what is the greatest commandment? To love. Love is the greatest commandment of all. Amen? I'm going to end with, with, with 1 Corinthians 13. It's a chapter and a verse that we all know really well. Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth and he was saying that 
They've had all these spiritual gifts. They've had healings. They've been speaking in tongues. They've had angelic experiences. But one thing that he has against them, they've lost their love for one another. Amen? Within this body, we need a love for one another. That means I will make mistakes. You will make mistakes. I don't judge you on your mistakes. You don't judge me on my mistakes. Amen? Amen? Amen, ladies. The beautiful ladies in the house. Amen. Amen. Yes. You see, this world has taught us to walk away. This world has taught us to write off people. And I keep bringing it in my sermons because it's such a reality. But we need to choose to walk in love. They had all these beautiful spiritual experiences, but they lacked love. And he comes to them and he says to them, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burnt as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would have gained nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements or inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or, or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Are you a safe place of shelter? Remember I spoke about safe people earlier? A safe person is somebody that forgives easily and asks forgiveness easily. Are you one of those people? Amen. House of Christ has only got those people. Amen. We are a safe place of shelter. Amen. For it never stops believing the best of others. For others. We never stop believing the best in each other. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades. It is more enduring than tongues, which one day will fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke with childish manners, and I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. Church, I was telling the team this morning, when we are grown up, it's great to have a, a dummy when you're a child, amen? But if I had to give the team a dummy and they were singing with a dummy in their mouth this morning, you would think we are kind of weird, right? And it's the same way God says there's a time in your life where you decide it's time to grow up a little bit. Amen? To say, you know what, I'm not going to get so easily offended. I'm not so easily going to look at you and find fault. I'm going to believe the best in you. I'm going to see the best in you. I'm going to want you to do well. Amen? 
For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Let love be the beautiful prize for which you run, church. Today, we're celebrating the love of Christ. The world is celebrating the love of the world. We are celebrating the love of Christ. And we are resetting our hearts to look to the cross, to love through the cross. Amen? To love our children. Mommies, can I ask you, can we love our children through the cross? Can we love our teenagers through the cross? Amen? Sometimes we need the cross to love them. Amen? Amen. Let's love our partners through the cross. Let's love our spouses through the cross. I have the most gorgeous spouse. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So let's love them through the cross. Amen. You can be a good doctor and not love your patients. You can be a good lawyer and not love your clients. You can be a good geologist and not love science. But church... You cannot be a good Christian without love. You cannot be a good Christian without love. Let us be the hands, the feet, the mouth, the ears of Jesus. Let's open our hearts to those around us and bring healing, restoration, and, and deliverance to those around us. Amen? We are not called to live on an island. We are called to live in a community the community of God. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your, as your personal Savior, you're saying, Belinda, I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know this God you're speaking of. Can I pray with you this morning? Can I pray with you this morning? Can you close your eyes and put your one hand on your heart, your other hand in the air, and just say, Jesus Christ, I need you, Lord. Come into my life and make me new. I accept the sacrifice on the cross and your resurrection power. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Father. I believe in you, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Holy Spirit of faith, forgive my doubt. Holy Spirit of goodness, forgive my evil deeds. Holy Spirit of love, forgive my hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. Forgive my hardness of heart, Father. Create in me a clean heart, O oh Father, and renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, but draw me near, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, I surrender once more to your will and to your ways. I surrender to who you are, Jesus. I surrender to your love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.